Welcome to the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Hello, my name is Lane Ball, your Zebra Podcast host. Today's podcast features inspiration and information. We talk with Courtney Weisel of Steel Birch Studios as she shares her incredible journey to recovery from alcohol addiction to running two successful businesses. Laura Cobb of Redhead Refinishing shares a simple and creative solution in our new refinisher's tips. And in Newsworthy, we chat with Keegan Robinson of Lemon Drops Reclaimed about the April theme, Home Sweet Home, for the Zebra Review, plus a few other noteworthy comments. Stay tuned and enjoy. You will come away inspired today after hearing Courtney Weisel share her story. It's a story of recovery, healing, and new life. Listen in on this encouraging interview. Hello, Courtney. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Glad to be here. Hey, Lane. Man, this is such an interesting time like no other. Tell us how you're doing as a refinisher during these challenging days. Gosh, well, um, I, I'm usually a news buff and I love listening to NPR in the mornings for a while. But, you know, I, I like getting my morning update and then turning it off and <laughs> starting yeah. to get to work, you know, just to it's it's hard because we need to get, inf you know, informed with what's happening. But it is really overwhelming if you know, you focus on just all the information that's coming at you at yeah. once. So I know we're the same way. It's like you want to be informed with the necessary information about, um, like, for example, sheltering in and some of the exactly. issues that they have in different communities and states and, of course, globally. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to be over overly informed. You, want, you don't want to hear so much about it that that becomes all you think about. So uh, that's yeah. the way we are as well. Well, I know it's different from country to country and state to state, but how are you adapting your business during this pandemic? So I am like, usually I get my pieces off of marketplace. Um, you know, I just, I'm always kind of browsing through what's going on, but you know, I am continuing business as usual, but what I'm doing is when people reach out to me for pieces, I'm just letting them know right now I'm offering free delivery and I'm doing a, a drop off service. So that means I will deliver the piece, no contact with the customer just to keep myself safe and my customer safe. And so far, everybody has been, you know, very compliant with that and appreciative. So that's um, definitely a recommendation I would give to other refinishers out there right now. Usually you can leave it on their front porch or maybe their garage. And even if they come out, you know, just re remaining six feet away is, you know, right. what is recommended. And so far it's worked out pretty well. Well, if you get any close talkers, you just have to take a few steps back and they take steps forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had this guy, um, I was I was buying a piece and he was, I, I kept just moving back, you know, I'm like, you know, just trying to be polite, but it was funny. But right. that he ended up getting the hint like, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. It's so funny though, isn't it? Because we're just not used to this. <clears throat> I was at the grocery store the other day and it was just a little bit, eerie because it's like nobody knew how to be with anybody you know people would kind of smile and then go on because they're trying to maintain that six feet yeah. distance you know and then you hear that over the speakers in this in the grocery stores to to remain yeah six feet apart these times certainly make you stop and realize what is really important in life <laughs> that, that is that is very <laughs> true you know and i i know that a lot of people feel isolated and you know just uh, this has been a huge disruption to so many people but in in a weird way, in our isolation, we are all together. You know, nobody yeah. knows how to 
handle this or be okay with it necessarily, but it's just, you know, making the best with what we have. And it's time to appreciate the, you know, the small things that maybe we, we didn't have time for, you know, before. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, you, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier about delivering to your, to your customers. Uh, have you had any customers that have just, you know, uh, said we'll pick back up when this is all over or it, you, it sounds like you said everything's pretty much running as usual for the most part outside of the delivery process I, I, I've been very fortunate right uh, this last month um, I, I've still been getting interest in pieces and I did have one person say you know actually I just lost my job so I don't think this is going to work out which is completely mm-hmm. understandable you know but people are still right. you know they still bought houses they and they're spending more time indoors, so they're, you know, getting to see what furniture they have. So it might be an opportunity for some people. And, you know, if, if your business is suffering right now, I, I think that this will be temporary. You know, just trying to do the best with what you have and keep a positive outlook is the best suggestion I have. Are most of your refinishing projects non-commission or do you do a lot of commission? Probably 85 to 90% are my own pieces. I I very rarely do custom. Um, During this time, I probably should take on more custom work just to get work when I can, where I can. But I I really enjoy the freedom of, you know, picking my own piece and doing it how I'd like. And um, what I've been doing actually is referring other local refinishers in my area. So I've been giving them business when Mm -hmm. custom orders have, you know, come over and People seem to be happy with that as, as well. Because I just hate telling people no, you know, right. just like I'm so honored that they reached out to me. But, you know, I, I've i been fortunate enough to be able to sell my work independently. So, well, I know I know a lot of other refinishers. I mean, they they enjoy the aspect of uh, commission work. There's there's different um, benefits to that as well. But there yeah. is something about the creative aspect mm-hmm. of just doing your own pieces. It's like you have no one sort of hovering over you saying yay or nay you can just go with a creative flow and i know most of you guys do best under those uh environments and yeah talk about creative i mean some of the pieces <laughs> that you have done i have no idea where you have the time to do the detail i get that a lot it's uh you know i always try to challenge myself and you know between stenciling or taping or i don't know it's um that's probably something I'll mention later, but, you know, uh, painting and creating and art, art in general is just such a, a healthy thing to, uh, yeah. you know, partake in. So I do take a lot of time to do these things and I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, we, we enjoy seeing them and mm-hmm. I know those that are in your uh, customer base locally uh, appreciate your work as well. Yeah, thank well, you. Courtney, thank, thanks for taking the time to share how you're doing. I know this community cares for one another and are eager to hear how everyone is faring during these difficult days. As mentioned in the intro, you have a pretty incredible story to share, Courtney. If you don't mind, walk us through your story. I, I'll say that the fact that I'm able to function and have um, two businesses is just a, a miracle. And um, some people might maybe have um, seen some posts that I've made or, you know, um, have read an intro of mine. But, you know, I, um, when I was 28, I had developed alcoholism. And it is one of those things that, you know, I, I thought an alcoholic looked like an old man on the road, you know, the side of the road Mm -hmm. begging for money. Everybody has an idea of what maybe an alcoholic is. And so, and Mm -hmm. that that is one of the reasons why I believe that this progression kept 
going for so long because even though I knew I wasn't okay and I was drinking more and more and then I started hiding it, you know, ultimately I was like, you know, there's no way I'm an alcoholic, you know, like alcoholics look like ABC, you know, and I'm this. And I think that is the, the crux of just addiction in general. It's, it doesn't discriminate, um, sex or race or, you know, religion. It's mm-hmm. just, if you have it, you have it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where <laughs> I don't know, once it was like very clear that I had an issue. My, my husband was actually the first, the one that gave up drinking because he missed, um, an Easter service. So that was about mm-hmm. four years ago. Exactly. You know, he missed his Easter service and, you know, in the morning and he was like, that's it. Like I am not, um, drinking anymore. And he was going to take a week off, but he was able to see in that week, um, how, how much my health had like was falling, like failing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he got really concerned for me and, and, you know, it's a lot of times too, we have like all these memories of like, you know, the parties and drinking was fun. And, you know, I was with my girlfriends, like drinking martinis in Florida, you know, but like at the end of my battle with alcoholism, it was ugly and Mm -hmm. devastating. And, you know, I had no passion. I had no hope for, you know, really anything. I would just, I was a bartender at the time in downtown Charleston. And, you know, my, my day consisted of waking up in the morning and, um, taking, taking several shots just to be able to put on eyeliner. And I wasn't able to eat towards the end either. And, you know, I would just go and drink behind the bar all day and then go home and have a wind down drink, you know, and, and I did that for years. And, you know, it's just my life, like, I just couldn't, I didn't see my life without alcohol. And I didn't know how it was possible. So I, so after my husband took that week off of drinking, he ended up calling around places and just trying to, cause he had no idea what to do. You know, it's a lot of people are faced when, when they have family or friends that are, that are needing help. It's like this, it's this crazy world of, you know, you had no idea how expensive it was. You don't know what they need. You think it's going to be a quick fix. And I, I mean, I had no idea too. I thought I was going to go to a plate, like a hospital and lay in bed mm-hmm. and they were going to give me medicine and I was going to come out a normal drinker, you know, like I thought it was a quick fix. And, mm-hmm. um, when I got to rehab, they were, you know, they told me basically I'd never be able to drink again. And I was like, this is, re-, you know, <laughs> okay, good mm-hmm. luck. You know, I ended up, uh, actually escaping the rehab within the first week because I, I just wasn't ready. And I, <laughs> Just who wants to be in rehab? Let's be honest. I thought yeah. I had better things to do, and I didn't. Yeah. I, I left, and I, I tried to go home, and my husband wouldn't let me in the house, and that was the hardest thing that he had to do, and that was probably oh, yeah. my rock bottom. Like I couldn't go home, and I did not want to go back. But that day, my life changed because I I was defeated, you know, and. I needed to get to that place of like, I have no idea how to run my life and I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know? And Mm -hmm. from there, you know, I just, I went back to the community and I followed the directions that were given me. And I started finding out that when I help people, I feel better and I, Mm -hmm. I, I get better. You know, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a, a difference there too. And, you know, I was at the rehab for three months and I was asked on a staff and I was there for about a year 
um, after oh, I wow. had commenced. So, I mean, and I think that was a huge part of my recovery is I stayed close to the well, <laughs> as, as mm-hmm. you could call it. But, you know, I learned just, I mean, I had to start over completely. So the thought, you know, four years ago on, on Friday, I'll be four years sober. But like, if you had told me four years ago that like, I'd be where I am today. I just, I, I wouldn't be able to picture it. It, it really started with just surrendering and then asking for help and then giving mm-hmm. it. And um, I still today, you know, I, I try to make myself available anytime someone needs me because it's my responsibility and it's one that I am honored by. You know, the fact that yeah. I've been able to make it out alive and a lot of people don't. And that's, that's also a realization. I just, you know, I didn't think that people really died of this, you know, so young and, and they do. And even before death, it's life is so miserable for, for people that are stuck because they don't mm-hmm. want to be, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. People don't want to be addicted, um, but they can't, they don't know how to not be addicted. Just giving yourself grace. And I don't know, I, I've, I've been so fortunate to just have a supportive husband who, you know, like I couldn't go back to bartending obviously. And I was like, what do I do with my life? You know, <laughs> like literally, <laughs> I mean, I had a college degree and you know, but I just never, I had no idea what to do. And I just started creating and that kind of formulated into me starting my skincare business and, and then eventually onto painting a couple of years later. So it's, it's been just a slow process, but a lot has happened. And, you know, I, I feel that God has given me everything that I've needed to <laughs> make it through. And mm-hmm. man, so I'm very fortunate and super grateful. You mentioned early on um, talking about the denial process. And I thought that was so interesting because you talked about really perceptions, you know, the idea that, well, an alcoholic is, like you said, it's an older man on the streets who's homeless. And, but that probably was your first step was getting beyond denial, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, it, addiction is the only disease that tells you that you don't have it. You know, mm-hmm. if if you have any other disease, it's like, okay, I I, I have this, and I I want to find the cure right away. You know, if you d- got diagnosed mm-hmm. with some illness, you would go to the doctor, and by all means, you believe you have it, and you're going to follow the directions that they give you because you know like you want to get better but with addiction yeah. it's it's messy and it's uh getting to that point of being like okay this is who i am you know that that looks different for everybody and you mm-hmm. know at, at first i i don't know if i was it's not like i knew right then and there that i would never drink again i just knew right mm-hmm. then and there that i didn't want to live the way i was living and i couldn't mm-hmm do it anymore. It was like a, yeah. a weird defeat and, and realization at the same time, but it's what I needed. Well, you, I, I was reading on your site and you stated on your site that um, you said at first alcohol seemed to connect you to the world, but in the end, it nearly took me out of it. That is such a profound statement and, and provides so much insight as well. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I thought that without alcohol, my life was going to be you know, what am I going to do at weddings, like celebrating, you know, just, mm-hmm. you, I thought I was going to be a lonely girl at a bar drinking water while everyone's having fun. Like, you know, my, <laughs> my whole idea of what living in sobriety was like, just, 
wasn't. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. my life today is so much more um, meaningful and full. And you know, people call me because they they want you know my advice or need help. Like there was there was no reason that anybody needed me before. I was very very selfish, and um, you know, I had I had a one track mind. Like that I need to drink all day, and I'm going to do my best to try to hide that. And that's mm -hmm. all I had the energy for. And it's, um, it's so sad, you know, and just and what I tell people too, you know, when I go back and, and speak at the rehab, it's like, if, if life wasn't better, um, I'd be drunk right now, you know, because yeah. ultimately we want something to replace that, that feeling that we were getting from our drugs or alcohol. And um, mm. painting has been that for me, you know, and just feeling better and having energy. And, you know, I, I don't have the, the weight of like my secrets anymore. I'm just, I'm mm -hmm. free. And there's just nothing yeah. that can compare to that. Well, you mentioned as well earlier, you're talking about your husband. I can't imagine the emotional aspect of that when you came home the first time and he <laughs> yeah. knew that in order to save your life, you, he had to be, you know, uh, really firm about, you know, not letting you back in. Uh, that must have been so uh, emotional for both of you. Kind of going off the selfish part, you know, he like, I remember I was just throwing a fit. I was trying to manipulate any possible thing I could to convince him I, you know, I would never drink again and I deserve to go home, you know? And, uh -huh. and he, and I, I don't know, he was like, Courtney, do you have any idea how hard this is for me? And I didn't yeah. like, I had, hadn't mm -hmm. thought about it one time, <laughs> you know, like, it's, that's just the place I was at. And he, he has been such a support and, we um, try to help couples um, quite often that are in a similar situation. Just he's been on the side that he knows, like ultimately he didn't get sober for me and he hasn't stayed sober for me, but he's been a very strong force helping mm -hmm. me in my own recovery and, and drawing lines. Like if he, if he had let me back home that week, I, I wouldn't be where I am today as much yeah. as I didn't like it then. I mean, that's what needed to happen. So I owe my yeah. life to him, you know, very grateful. Yeah. I really believe that based on what you've shared and how pivotal that time was for him to, to be firm in that way. And what's really neat is you know, hearing you speak and, and talk about the recovery. Cause you think about, you know, the recovery after rehab and how that goes, but it sounds like so much of that recovery, even beyond the rehab is in helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, if I had just gotten sober for myself, I mean, and just, you know, because I wanted these things, you know, it's just that is so empty. I think that giving away what you have in, in one way or another is the best thing that you can do, whether you're an alcoholic or not, you know, because mm -hmm. just people need need your help they need to hear your story mm -hmm. you know you have something to offer every anybody and i just mm -hmm. um you know that's something that is drilled into our head you know working with other alcoholics and addicts is um what is going to help us remain sober and stay connected yeah which which is why this time is actually kind of difficult for well it is difficult in our recovery community just because isolation is the enemy um once you're alone and you know you're not in community you know you're you're cut off from like the 
the life source in a way. And mm-hmm. so um, we're doing our best to stay connected and go to online meetings. And I'm talking to my sponsee a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, finding different, getting innovative of how to help people when it's from afar right now. And that, that is why it's, it's a good reminder, too. It's why it's so important to, to reach out to our neighbors and family and friends and just check on them and see how they're doing. You know, give them a call. And, you know, we are fortunate that with the technology that we have today, we're able to connect to, to folks face to face, you know, uh, mm-hmm. through through video chats and so we can go back to phone calls too you know just picking up the phone and calling somebody a neighbor especially if you haven't seen much movement and uh, I've got a good friend who's a a realtor and he started this um, of just reaching out to people and posting out uh, his number of anybody that knows anybody who's homebound mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of health, you know, like where maybe it's an older person, they don't have family, you know, they need somebody to get some groceries for them or pick up some medication for them. So it's so yeah. important to just start reaching out and checking up on one another. So yeah. that's you know, great advice and uh, wisdom, uh, Courtney. I wouldn't have gotten to the place where I'm at right now on my own. Just learning from people who had gotten sober before me was what gave me hope that I could possibly have a better life, you know, because in my own head, like nothing was right. Nothing made sense. And, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't right. I needed, I needed Mm -hmm. um, the guidance from other people to help me along. And that's why um, it's so important for us to give back. I think. Well, how did you end up with your own line of skincare products? Tell us about that story. (laughs) Before I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, I lived in New York City, and I worked for a famous dermatologist. We had a a lot of celebrities come in, and it was, you know, really high pace, and, you know, she just, I just learned a lot about just, you know, basic skincare there and procedures and all that. You know, even at my worst, I wanted to have good skin, and after I worked at the rehab, well, I was still actually working at the rehab when I started the skincare company. I just, I wanted to create and I loved essential oils. And from my knowledge um, of dermatology from the city, you know, I just kind of started creating my own products. And, and I also, I was just like, man, I really want to use this somehow to be able to give back um, to people, you know, that need that need help. And so what I decided to do when I started this business was donate 5% of my profit to uh, help people get into treatment that can't afford it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's such a huge barrier for when you need mm-hmm. help and getting the help, like surprise, drug addicts don't have money, you know, <laughs> and when they, they need help, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's unfortunate that t- so many people get turned away because of finances and lose that opportunity to have a better life. So mm-hmm. I, I want to, you know, improve people's skin. I want people to feel good about products that they use, that they're healthy and good for you. And then also have that contribute back to someone getting the help that they need from, from struggling with addiction or alcoholism. Well, it's funny you mentioned essential oils. You know, as a family, we incorporate essential oils into several aspects of our lives. You know, we really enjoy using and gleaning from God's creation. We love the purity of essential oils that don't have junk in them. How, how were you introduced to essential oils? Uh, and, and then you introduce them in, or you incorporate them into your product line. Yeah. So I only use essential oils. I think it was just the internet and mm-hmm. getting, getting my hands on a few in the beginning. And it was just like gone from there. I am obsessed. <laughs> you know, there's so many uses for them. There's so many kinds. I mean, 
and, and different, you know, species have different scents and different properties. And it's just, you know, you can literally learn about essential oils like for years and still touch the, yeah. the surface. I mean, it's, it's incredible the potency yeah. of, you know, these things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, we use them around the home and, um, it, it's always amazing how if you look up one essential oil and you discover the many benefits of it, and then you look up combining this oil with another oil mm-hmm. expands the benefits, you know, so it's, it's just really, it's been a lot of fun for us as a family to, to, to learn more about them and, and to be able to use them for our health as well. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. It, it, tell us, if you would, tell our listeners about your product line. Kind of give us, a, I like to say, sort of a 30,000-foot view of what <laughs> you have that other people can uh, check out, you know, on your website. At this very moment, I'm actually uh, working on soaps. So um, I'm doing, you know, they're all natural base and mm-hmm. um, they're hand and body wash. And I'm going to be doing them in refillable um, aluminum bottles where you could get refills um, at either stations here locally or have refills refills um, shipped to you. So it's just going to be, you know, good for the earth, good for your skin. Mm-hmm. And then um, I specialize in, you know, uh, sugar scrubs and salt scrubs. So um, I use rose essential oil and, you know, pine essential oil for some. So, and then um, like specialty sprays. Um, I, I'm such a, like a freak about getting a good night's sleep and being comfortable. So <laughs> I, I really like just creating easy to use products like that you can use before bed and get some good rest. So oils like lavender and vetiver are really good for um, just winding you down. And, and also, um, you know, so just some of the products I have just are for, you know, just overall skin health and nourishment. And there's I use, like I said, only essential oils, and they're light and easy to use and good for you. <laughs> well, you've won several awards with your skincare line. Tell us about those awards. Our After Sun product, which is like, it's a, a hydrating mist that you can use um, really anytime, but I recommend it for after the sun or um, mm-hmm. anytime your skin is really dry and you need, you know, just some nourishment and cooling. Um, so it's, it's an aloe based cucumber mint with argan oil. And that one, um, we were a finalist in the clean beauty awards and that's in Canada. So that was a a great honor. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's excellent. Thanks. Your husband played a big role in your recovery, as we talked about earlier. What about the the business side? What, what's his role with business? (laughs) He's my top employee, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but he, he has his own, um, like web design and and advertising agency. And, you know, so we're both self-employed, but he helps with my marketing and website and, um, just like the big business things on the back end that um, mm-hmm. just I, I couldn't be doing it without him. He's uh, he's very talented and hardworking and, you know, he believes in what we're, what I'm making and selling as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely helps, too. I'm, I'm glad he's interested and he's uh, he's great. Now, do you, the way you guys work together with him handling that side and, and you really focusing on the product and, and coming up with a new product for your product line, mm-hmm. 
Now, are you interested in anything that he does? Does he get involved in anything you're doing? Or do you guys just kind of do your separate things? How, how does that work, especially being <laughs> married and working together? What, what does that look like? Yeah, well, we rent a house still. There's like four bedrooms and there's the big garage. I mean, we kind of have our own stations where we're doing stuff. Honestly, I take up the whole entire house with all of my stuff everywhere. It's I'm always picking up after myself and I have no one to blame enough. But, um, you know, so he works in his office and, you know, we definitely we definitely have our space, but um, work together, too. If, if even if he's helping me with a piece of furniture or we're brainstorming a marketing plan for a product, you know, it's just uh, every day looks different. But we're we're both busy and um, sometimes we don't see each other till dinner. Sometimes we're working, you know, in the same room for a bit. But we've yeah. definitely it's it's really cool that we've been able to get just a system and we can work well and live well together and and I think that's just I wouldn't trade that for the world. We spent our um, first year anniversary uh, of our wedding when I, and I was in treatment, so I decided <laughs> that that anniversary uh, while I was in rehab was going to be the last one and that we would celebrate you know, being married every year from then on. Well, how do you juggle between your furniture refinishing business and running your skincare business? I mean, <laughs> obviously it's all right there in your home, but like, how do you, like, what does that look like? Gosh, it just, uh, messy, but good. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a, a really nice kitchen that's, you know, sanitized and great for making products and it's large enough where I'm able to kind of if I have an order to make, that's what I'll focus on for a couple hours. And then I know that I'm waiting on a piece to dry. And, you know, it's just there's there's a, a madness to it that kind of all ends <laughs> up working out somehow. So I'm yeah. uh, either covered in paint or essential oils. So, <laughs> so you, well, you're, that means you're painting and you smell good, right? You've got yeah, the essential exactly. oils. <laughs> you may be messy, but you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Steel Birch is used in both businesses. Where did the name come from? So I I really wanted a strong name. And Birch Trees, I just, I grew up with two in my front yard. And Birch Trees are the first trees to like grow back after a fire. They, they're a sign of like new beginnings and, and growth. So I wanted that to kind of represent um, my life journey a little bit. And then steel, mm -hmm. you know, the word steel, obviously you think of metal, but also, mm -hmm. you know, you steal for something, you, you know, you face something head on and with perseverance. So I wanted the name steel birch to just be a symbol of new beginnings and, and, uh, determination and, you know, just, a turning over of a new time in someone's life. Well, what a great name, and it's certainly reflective of that. Courtney, if you would, share your contact information so that folks that want to check out your skincare line, and or maybe they have a question for you, and also to, to uh, uh, check out some other furniture uh, pieces that you have yeah. done. Well, my, my skincare line is at Shop Steel Birch on Instagram, and then my um, furniture is Steel Birch Studios on Instagram. And I do want to just say that um, anybody that is, you know, in need of help or has questions or, you know, for themselves or for a loved one, I'm, I'm always available if you're struggling. So I just want to put that out there. And, and my work is available on those Instagram accounts. 
Your story is so inspirational, Courtney. What an incredible transformation in your life. You were rescued, and we are all grateful that you took the time to share with us today. How cool that this Friday, I believe you said, is your four-year anniversary of being sober. That's just tremendous. That's uh, so I, I don't even have words. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, it'll be every day is a miracle. But, you know, when mm-hmm. you get to the year marks, you know, you're just like, wow, this is still worth it. And it's still worth fighting for. So I'm very, very honored and appreciate you having me on to tell my story. Absolutely. Well, we certainly wish you the best, Courtney, as you continue growing your businesses. We'll have you back on to talk more about your refinishing business. (laughs) But until then, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. You too. If you have a refinishing tip that you would like to share, send me an email at lane at enjoyzebra.com. Put refinishing tip in the subject line and describe the tip in the email. Today's refinishing tip comes from Laura Cobb with Redhead Refinishing. Okay, thanks, Lane. So um, as a refinisher, sometimes I find it difficult or I struggle with putting um, trim pieces on with smaller nails. So actually, my husband showed me this tip is when you're you're doing that is to hold the nail with a small needle nose plier, and that helps hold the nail in place. And also, uh, so when you hammer it in, it also saves from hitting your fingers or causing more injury. So um, I just found that to be very helpful, and I hope this helps you too. Thanks, Laura, for taking the time to share this quick and finger-saving tip. We so appreciate artists taking the time each week to invest in the refinishing community, providing opportunities to recognize one another for your achievements. Today we have a brief conversation with one who does just that, Keegan of Lemon Drops Reclaimed, one of our judges in the monthly contest, The Zebra Review. We're discussing the April theme, but we'll also check in with her to see how they're doing during the pandemic. Hi, Keegan. It's really good to have you back on the podcast. Hi, Lane. Thanks for having me. We are going to chat in a few minutes about the April contest for the Zebra Review, but I wanted to check in with you first to find out how you and your family are doing. Um, We are taking it day by day. We were actually um, away on holiday when all of this went down. We were in uh, Florida. So currently we're in self-quarantine for 14 days, which ends this week uh, or this weekend on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, it's been, we can't leave our house. I think the furthest we've been is the end of our driveway. So we've been having to come up with some creative ideas to keep the kids entertained and to keep us from going crazy. But I guess once this is over, the the self-quarantine, I don't know that we can do much more anyways. We can maybe leave our property and go for a walk somewhere, but that's about it. So, yeah, this is life now. (laughs) Now, do you guys have uh, friends and family bringing you things that you need, like groceries? Actually, I don't have any. I have some family close by, but they were in Florida with us, so they they have to be in their homes. But our neighbors have been incredible. They've picked up groceries for us. Um, They picked up toilet paper for us while we were away. So we had some when we got back and they brought us sweets and goodies. So yeah, the one thing, the silver lining of all of this is that it is really bringing out um, the good in people and bringing people closer together. I think bonds are getting stronger and stronger. So it's, uh, that is the silver lining for me. Yeah. Well, what wonderful neighbors to step up and help you guys out like that. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Well, now are the the province because you're you're in Ontario, correct? Yeah. 
well, as I understand it, like, for example, North Carolina, where I'm at, is in a, sh- a shelter in, which doesn't mean you can't get out. It just means only, you know, go out f- to necessary places like grocery stores, medical care, or to help, you know, family members who need help. Uh, is there anything like that uh, in Ontario taking place? Yeah, we're basically the same. Um, they want you to stay at home and only leave if absolutely necessary. And we just went down to you can't be in a group larger than five people if you are out and about. And then I I have heard talk of even stricter rules coming soon mm-hmm. if because some people still aren't following it. I don't know why, yeah. but some people still aren't. So I think they're trying to crack down as much as possible. And I have heard that the next, like this week and next week are kind of the really key weeks Mm -hmm. for us because so many people are returning from vacations and those 14 day self quarantines are ending. So um, this is kind of a key time period. But yeah, we're the same. We just are, we're told to stay at home. You can be in your backyard, you can be on your driveway, but that's, that's it really. So well, how, how are you managing your business through all of this? I mean, have you been hit pretty hard, and especially being under this 14-day quarantine? Actually, it's been okay so far. My husband, he normally works, so I only really ever get to work on the weekend when he's home, but he has to stay home for those 14 days. So I've been able to work full-time for the last two weeks, which is oh, wow. which has been great. But at the same time, there is a bit of a struggle in terms of accessing materials that I need because I can't leave. So I've run out of paint, I've run out of Bondo, all of those things that I need to repair. And we do have a couple of local businesses that are doing uh, a front porch drop off, which is great. Mm -hmm. But that's been my biggest struggle, just running out of the things that I need and not being able to just run to the hardware store and grab them when I need to. So yeah, I'm lucky so far, things are still moving along nicely. People are still reaching out, wanting custom pieces done. And Uh I have a little bit of a lineup of work. So that's good. I'm crossing my fingers that it stays that way. So we'll see. Well, that's so good to hear. I'm glad I'm glad you're able to stay busy during this time. Now, how much commission work do you do, just generally speaking? I would say that's probably about 90% of my business is commission work. Really? And then I, yeah, I, that's mainly what I'm doing. Because like I said, I don't have full time to go at this. I'm home with my kids while my husband works during the week. So if I were able to do it maybe five days a week, I could probably squeeze in some more pieces to sell. But right now, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly custom work. So which is, it's good for me. I like that. I like working with people. And yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Well, hopefully we'll see the end of this pandemic soon for all of us. Um, Thanks for taking the time to share about your family. It's always good to get updates. Thank you for asking. Well, let's direct our attention to the Zebra Review April contest. As we were brainstorming, the theme for this month was determined that everyone wanted to do something different in light of what is taking place around the globe. Such a unique time. And you came up with a great theme, Keegan. It's um, Home Sweet Home. (laughs) Explain your thoughts behind this theme. Well, I think as a group, we all kind of recognize that everyone is living in chaos right now. People are having to balance working from home with parenting children and also including homeschooling in there if kids are a bit older. So we just know that people may not really have the time to be painting right now. But we still wanted people to be able to participate in the contest and submit some work. So we wanted to come up with a way to make that possible without adding more work to everyone's plates. So I don't really know how it came to me. I was just kind of sitting there and I was thinking about (laughs) the fact that we're all confined to our homes right now and our homes are kind of considered our safe place. 
mm-hmm. where where we can all be together and sort of stay out of harm's way. So I thought it would be kind of fun to pay tribute to our homes. That's where we're safest right now. Yeah, it is. It's home sweet home, but it's also home yeah. safe home too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I keep seeing this quote saying, you're not stuck at home, you're safe at home, which I think yeah. is so true. Yeah, I love that. That is very good. I've seen that as well. Yeah. I think it's so fitting and it will be fun to see pieces that refinishers just had to keep for themselves. You know, it's like I, <laughs> I couldn't agree. let them go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you never know. People post things and you're not sure if they, they're keeping it or there's talk of people right. keeping it or wanting to keep it. And then you just don't know really if that ends up being the result. So I think it'll be really neat to see what pieces people just had to keep. For sure. Now they can enter any piece they refinished in 2020, but also 2019, correct? Yeah, I, I think we opened that up just to allow people to go back a little ways so that people could have more more things to enter. Because yeah, like yeah. I said, we, we recognize that people just don't have the extra time right now to be focused on painting necessarily. So I think opening it up to 2019 and 2020 will allow for some extra submissions. So that'll be good. Well, for the Zebra Crew as hosts, we have the pleasure of working with you, Keegan, and the other judges, Katie with Katie and Company Furniture Restorations, Lauren with Portland Rose Studio, and Natalie with Array of Sunlight. And we get to work with some really great prize sponsors. These are terrific companies, D Lawless Hardware, Paint Couture and Surf Prep Sanding. Keegan, what are the prizes for first place winner? So for first place, we are doing um, five zebra paintbrushes in a canvas bag with an apron, and the winner gets to appear on the podcast. There will also be a $50 gift certificate from D. Lawless Hardware. And Paint Couture, who is our partner for the month, has given a quart of paint, a quart of top coat, an eight ounce glaze, a four ounce metallic, a wiping and stain cloth, and a dust tack cloth, and a full line color card. Then our other partner, Surf Prep Sanding, has donated a $50 gift and rad pad variety pack. Those are some pretty good Good prizes. Yeah, that's a bundle. It? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got to interview um, Hannah with Sir Prep Sanding uh, and in a uh, previous podcast. I hope folks can go back and listen to that. Just as a reminder, the Rad Pad Variety Pack is going to be really cool. It's innovative new hand sanding abrasives with foam backing. So I know uh, listeners will. Yeah, I saw Natalie um, was using them the other day to, to I think, prep a piece maybe. And she said yeah. that, that the quality was really good. So... That's that's exciting. Very good. Well, second place gets three zebra paint uh, brushes in a canvas bag. And of course, second place also will be on the, uh, have the opportunity to be on the podcast and also receive a $30 gift certificate to D Lawless Hardware. And with Paint Couture Paint, they'll get a pint of paint, a pint of top coat, eight ounce of glaze, four ounce metallic, wiping stain cloth and dust tack cloth, full line color card. And then a $25 gift card and rad pad variety pack from Surf Prep Sanding. What about third place, Keegan? So third place is two zebra painting paintbrushes in a canvas bag plus a podcast appearance. D. Lawless has given a $15 gift certificate and Paint Couture is giving eight ounces of paint, a pint of top coat, an eight ounce glaze, two ounce metallic, wiping stain cloth and dust pack cloth and a full line color card and a rad pad variety pack from surf prep sanding those are great they are (laughs) it's fun to run down that list (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well very good well now all that is needed to enter is to tag your pieces with the hashtag the zebra review again make sure you spell zebra with an i 
And we trust this will be a lot of fun for everyone involved. It's always a pleasure having you on, Keegan. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. Our quarterly contest, Zebra Collective, is still underway, and it's all about the theme of spring, spring colors, transfers, or exposed wood. Tag your pieces, hashtag Zebra Collective. You have until April 23rd to enter. We're so grateful for small businesses. As many of you know, we're currently hosting a Support Small Businesses giveaway. Each week we ask a question and you can participate by answering the question in your Instagram stories. You can go to our Instagram account, Zebra Painting or Zebra Home Painting to learn more. The winner each week gets a $50 gift card from a local business of their choice. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at the zebrablog.com. That's zebra with an i blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing.